All right, welcome, welcome. Uh, good to be with you here on a Tuesday afternoon. We get the full four-hour edition of the program. The day after the day after the Super Bowl, and all that. Got a lot of. I uh, still got a lot of football, though. Don't worry. I mean, a lot of you. You know, I, I could feel it yesterday. Want to check out? You know, like oh, I don't know, man. Football's over. That's you no. Know, there's a ton of football. So I explained to you yesterday, we are less than a month away from free agency in the NFL. Matter of fact, it is um, March 13th. And of course, we have this miniature month of February we have to live through uh, that's coming up. Tomorrow, by the way, obviously, guys, big day if you're not aware of it. It's the 14th of February, which is... Uh, that means that uh, the Bob Marley movie is going to be in theaters tomorrow. So, uh, Madam Webb, too. Don't forget yeah, that. Yeah, and that, too. So big day tomorrow in terms of, I don't know what else is going on, on the 14th, but that those are two very important items. Uh, but seriously, of course, I know what tomorrow is. <laughs> Not stupid. I want to sleep on the couch. Anyway, the um, Super Bowl's past us, but there's a lot of stuff to unpack still. We, we didn't get to. We might have some... Uh, other things to uh, retakes on the Super Bowl from uh, over the weekend to get to later. And, of course, it's Hot Take Tuesday. So we have that for you in the 5 o'clock hour. So get those hot takes ready. But I wanted to start off today talking about why teams have not been able to three-peat in all these years of the NFL. We've had 58 Super Bowls to this point. We've had multiple um, teams that have won back-to-back Super Bowls, but yet nobody has been able to three-peat. Uh, seven other teams have accomplished the feat of winning back-to-back Super Bowls as the Chiefs just have. And, of course, the Chiefs are not even the betting favorite next year. That would be the 49ers, the team that they just beat again uh, for the second time in five years in Super Bowls. But so I, I hit the rewind button because, you know, this was, some of this is before my, my you know, mem- memory days of football. But, of course, everybody knows the Packers were. They won Super Bowls one and two, won a million uh, NFL championships prior to that. The legendary Vince Lombardi, though, after their second Super Bowl win, retired. Um, and then they slipped basically to irrelevance. Uh, he went to become the general manager in the front office. And you may remember a few years later, he's the head coach of the Washington Redskins. Uh, who knows where that would have gone had he not sadly gotten cancer and, and, and passed away very young uh, at that point. I mean, he had turned them around in a short period of time, uh, which shows you how great of a coach he was. But he wanted another challenge. He, that's who Vince Lombardi was. If you, if you go back and read about this incredible story of who he was so he didn't even think it was a big deal little did he know because these Super Bowls are brand new I mean what even a big production you know TV whatever was it even live was the first Super Bowl on tape delay or something I think it was yeah I mean I don't even think it was a big deal so he didn't understand the relevance of all of it then you had the 72 Dolphins that went undefeated then the next year in 73 uh just lost two games that year they were the class in the NFL in 74 going 11 and 3 but they finished as the two seed behind the Raiders that year, meaning they had to uh, open the playoffs on the road at Oakland. Think about that. As the two seed, you're on the road immediately at the number one seed. That's how weird the playoffs were at that point. Well, of course, um, they lost, and uh, the Dolphins you know, were unable to uh, three-peat or get a shot at three-peating there. Uh, the Steelers, 74-75, won the first two Super Bowls in franchise history, 76 uh, ended with a loss to Oakland. They lost 31-28 um, in the uh, playoffs to them. Steelers had won 10 in a row at one shot to earn a, a chance to repeat um, as uh, Super Bowl champs to get in the playoffs. They faced the Raiders in the AFC title games, but Oakland ends up winning that game, and the Steelers um, you know, fall short unfortunately, and uh, the Raiders would go on to win the Super Bowl that year. Uh, 78-79, here you go, Steelers again, uh, you know, winning back-to-back Super Bowls. 
the next season they started off four and one, felt pretty promising, but then two and three down the stretch, missed the postseason for the first time since '71. Think about that, Oof. a nine-year stretch. So Pittsburgh out. That's another one. This one I remember. This is like really my football memory days. The 49ers, 88-89, went back-to-back Super Bowls. They're on their way to three-peat in George Seifert's second year at the helm with Bill Walsh after Bill Walsh retired. They were 10-0, finished 14-2. They're the number one seed in Candlestick Park. They are uh, playing the New York Giants. And, of course, they knock out Joe Montana. Jim Burt, to be exact, knocks out Joe Montana, the football game. Giants win what can only be described as a rock fight, 15-13. to 13. Of course, the Giants would go on to win that Super Bowl in the wide right of Scott Norwood. Of course, they won this with Jeff Hostedler. So the 49ers would fall a game short of the, of the repeat themselves, um, 88-89. Then we're getting into, you know, what should have been, let's be honest. If we're all just being honest here, even though it might pain us as Washington fans – James and I here as Redskin fans, as youngsters. This was a Dallas dynasty. They would win three and four years. It should have been seven or eight in a decade, for sure. Had egos been able to be checked at the door. But as we all know, after the 93 Super Bowl, Jerry Jones was offended by a toast that Jimmy Johnson blew him off on in some stupid owner's meeting in Orlando, and the rest of it is history. And he ran off in a hissy fit and said bad things about Jimmy, and Jimmy got mad and went on his boat. So the rest of that is history, as we know, and they did not get to repeat. Instead, the 49ers were back in the Super Bowl 94, although Dallas did get to the championship game. You might remember they spotted San Francisco like 21 points in that mm-hmm. game. Yep. And the field was a disaster. And I think that you know, the turf, what's the guy's name? The um, the pod, the, the turf, whatever they call it. They have, uh, oh, George, the sod father. Sod father. Yeah. George Toma was in charge of that, too. How did that work out? Anyway. That was a disaster. Dallas win. Dallas loses, I should say, but they did come back a couple years later, beat the Steelers, and otherwise known as the Neil O'Donnell was working for the Cowboys game. Yeah. But it's three and four years instead of like a three-peat, which it should have easily, it should have been a layup. I mean, Dallas was that good. Could have been four, five, six, seven. It's kind of how I feel in a sense about the, the, the Chiefs, but the Chiefs don't have the best. I mean, Dallas had hands down the best roster. No doubt. Now, that year, the 49ers have put a billion dollars into that team, uh, including Deion Sanders was in that squad, and that was the Steve Young, hey, the monkey's off my back here, and all that other stuff. Nonsense. Now, you had the 97-98 Broncos, and I'm here to tell you, once L.A. retired, there was no chance in Hades that was happening. The real missed opportunity for the Broncos, of course, was the 96 team that I believe was 13-3. and They lost to the Jaguars in the divisional round on their home field at Mile High Stadium, a game I witnessed in person. I saw a barrel man crying, just bawling, and I I saw this great stadium, the iconic stadium in the NFL, in complete silence as Mark Brunel, Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardell, uh, and company went in there and shocked the world. Natron means... Shocked the world that year, and the Broncos should have won what would have been the first of a three-peat, but instead they lost, came back with a vengeance, of course, in 97 and 98. But then Elway retires. They had no shot. So those that those are all repeats missed, some of which were injury-related, some were retirement-related, uh, some were ego-related. And these are the things I worry about with the Chiefs. I don't think there's many retirements. I think it's the ego and the injury and the money. But then we get to the Patriots era, right? 2003, 2004, Patriots in 2005, come out of the gate just four and four. Three of the four losses come against teams that would go on to make the playoffs. Um, New England won five of its final six games and six of its, excuse me, six of its last eight games to go ten and six, one game ahead of the Dolphins. 
but they were the four seed. They crushed the Jags in the wild card round, but they returned to Denver uh, to play the Broncos, same team they had uh, played in week six, and they fell behind early. Denver goes on to win at 27-13, to so no three-peat for Bill Belichick and Tom Terrific. Um, and, of course, that's where we stand today, and we're just wondering if we're going to get another uh, chance at it with these Chiefs, and maybe we will. I mean, they look – I don't care what the Vegas people think. They thought they were going to lose the game, and they took a bath because of it too. But it is like, can they keep Chris Jones? Can they you know, not have people overinflate their worth this offseason? And can they keep that hunger going is probably a big part of it. And, oh, yeah, the neighborhood, believe it or not, is going to get tougher for the Chiefs, whether we want to believe it or not, with Jim Harbaugh in charge in, San, you know, in Los Angeles. I always want to say San Diego still. How many years has it been now? That's probably because they should have never left. Well, that's true. Uh, But the Chargers are going to be a lot tougher. They're not going to be the dopey team run by, you know, the dopey head coach that was friends with Sean McVay anymore. They're going to be an actual, you know, they're going to have a good staff. They're going to make you work every week. Uh, You know, the Raiders are certainly no joke anymore with Antonio Pierce, as we saw in year one. And, and, uh, you know. We'll, we'll see what the you know we'll see what the Broncos end up having because we don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. So don't you know they did beat the Chiefs True. once this year. So I mean the Chiefs have room to improve. That's the thing, right? Like they weren't a juggernaut per se this year for their level. I mean they've had better looking offensive teams. Their defense was at a different level this year, but that defense is probably going to take some could take some L's this offseason. Most importantly with Chris Jones uh, going somewhere else potentially. So what do we learn from these things? Is what will be key for the Chiefs moving forward. And Pat Mahomes, I don't I don't think he's joking when he says we're not done. I really don't think that's just something he takes lightly and um, says just for the heck of it. But I want to get to where the Chiefs actually can help themselves moving forward. And who are and what are the biggest obstacles in your mind for the Chiefs to three-peat? 757-687-9494. That's the text line, 757-687-9494. That is the Ballyhoo's phone line. You can hit us up there. We'll also get to our poll question, which deals with the three-peating world uh, that we live in. Uh, is there a team? Is it a situation? Is it just, you know, the law of averages? What do you think will be the biggest detriment to these Kansas City Chiefs trying to make history in the Super Bowl era? We'll get your thoughts on that coming up. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. All right, corrections department um, is with me here. Uh, it was Jim Burt that knocked out Joe Montana, the 86 playoffs, and it was 90. That was the 90 plus is Leonard Marshall. They knocked Joe Montana out twice, those dirty giants. But anyway, yes, very good. Uh, but the um, again, the point remains, it was a Montana knockout that cost them the chance to three-peat. I forgot the giants were always knocking Joe Montana out. Good for them. That was the one way. That was really the one way to beat the forty. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you figured it out. You, you had cracked to knock the code. them out. Literally, literally knock them out. Uh, anyway, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Jimmy Lewis, um, our resident Chiefs fan, says, "Y'all know the Chiefs won Super Bowl fifty eight, right?" Just checking. Have a great show, fellas. Okay, don't worry about us. Chiefs will be fine. Yeah. So Jimmy. Smoking a stogie, wearing, um, is this his Kadarius Tony jersey? No, I'm sorry. That's a Pat <laughs> Mahomes jersey. Just kidding, of course. Um, from the 214, Miami missed it twice, lost to Staubach in Dallas in 71, and they missed it again in 74. Um, yeah, they're talking about the 
three-peat opportunities for the uh, Dolphins. Yeah, they swung and missed twice. They had some talented teams. At least they went back. I mean, you know, yeah. there's others back of the day. Um, Greg and Gloucester says the division next year is going to be better. Um, that is going to be better. Yes, I agree. I think your division's not going to be, you know, the AFC East of the of the Brady era by any means. I think it is a good division. Um, you got smarter coaches in the division now than you did before. And remember, I mean, the Chiefs weren't exactly just rolling through the group this year either. Uh, and they had some struggles, but their defense was excellent. And that's that's the thing. I'd be more worried about keeping together than anything else if I was Kansas City. Uh, Greg and Glosser also says that was when Mark Brunel ripped our hearts out as a Bronco fan. Yep. Yes, he did. And really, you can blame um, you can blame um, Woody Page, the columnist for the uh, Denver Post, because uh, at the time, of course, now ESPN famous. Um, he wrote a column, and he co- he was joking around saying how he thought Jacksonville was a was a uh, UFL team or something. I don't know, World League team. I think. Is oh what he yeah, said. that's right. And Tom Coughlin got so angry, he um, he took the column and like made zero yeah Xerox copies. That's how old we were. Okay, they didn't print it off a printer. He made Xerox copies of the actual newspaper and made sure every player had it at their door when they woke up the next morning. He was so ticked off. He actually came in the media room after the game screaming. Where's Woody Page? It was so funny. I've never seen that guy so mad about something so stupid. I mean, it really it helped him. I mean, I, I don't know why he was mad about it. It was great. He's like, so disrespectful. I'm like, dude, who cares? <laughs> he's a freaking guy. Co- he's not playing. Hey, you he doesn't work for the team. He's just some dumb local writer at Worked that point. Worked for them, though. And it, worked for, and it worked for Woody Page, too, by the way. Ended up getting on all these ESPN that is shows. That's true. Despite looking like Skeletor. Everybody wins. Uh, exactly. Uh, all right. James in the 252 says... If Mahomes is healthy, they'll be a tough out, period, especially if their defense is close to as this good uh, this year, as good this year. Yes. So Steve Spagnuolo, by the way, you know, we were talking a, a good amount about him yesterday, but probably more than we should have probably been talking more about him. I mean, he's not going anywhere. Um, I did see something interesting today on, on the X from uh, the his former boss in uh, St. Louis, obviously they weren't good right like we talked about this the other day people like why doesn't he get interviews I mean his time as the Rams um, general manager was horrific but the uh, Chiefs operating the chief operating officer uh, Kevin Demoff is still with the Rams he tweeted out this uh, in response to a Tyreek Hill tweet okay Tyreek Hill tweeted out I guess during this or on Monday why don't Spags got no interviews (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love Tyreek Hill. Anyway, Demoff uh, quote tweets that he said, it was well past time to see Spags get another head coaching opportunity. The team and organization he inherited in St. Louis was a mess. Nobody could have had success, yet he changed the culture slash staff and players believed him. Uh, amazing human deserves a real shot. Uh, we couldn't give him. This is former boss. All right, that's, who that's fired him, right? very honest and fair. Now, this is the same organization that also started the the you know the campaign for Raheem Morris this year, True. and obviously worked out well for him. So maybe this is what will get Spags out of uh, Kansas City. Maybe just somebody just needs to take it for the rest of the thirty, the other thirty, right, and just take him away from from Andy Reid because uh-huh. clearly that's been a great relationship because he's been the DC on all four of the Super Bowls. I mean, I feel like about him as I do about Richie Pettibone with with the, with the Redskins. The fact that you know you could be that Joe Gibbs would not have been as successful without Richie Pettibone. I mean, he was an amazing defensive coordinator. 
course, Spags has got four as a coordinator, which is the most of any coordinators uh, going. He had the one with the Giants, obviously, the masterpiece, which was shutting the 18 or no Patriots down, too. Maybe Spags just knows his lane. Right. And, and again, you know, some guys. Wrong with that. Right. And some guys are just good coordinators. They're good at their side of the ball. They may not be good. And, and, and look, I'm not disagreeing with, with Demoff saying, hell, he was there. I wasn't. Uh, there's no doubt there are a lot of coaches fall victim to this. You get crappy jobs because those are the ones that are available. Now, to Spags' credit, he avoided going to the Redskins. Remember that? That he did. Uh, after that giant Super Bowl. But the Rams obviously wasn't much, a much better situation. You know, He thought it was going to be, but it, it did not turn out that way. But he avoided I don't. I think memory serves, he didn't even talk to Dan Snyder. He wouldn't even talk to him, which, you know, big props to him. Well, he knows. He knew. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was smart enough to do that. Um, but, yeah, to me, the, the things that I, I think will, will be the problems for the Chiefs, potentially, potential problems for the Chiefs, is certainly money changes everything, right? Like when you start winning, uh, everybody wants more. And, and Chris Jones has been patient. I wouldn't be mad at him if he went to the Raiders. Or wherever the money would would lead him, you know. Be interesting. Um, there's been some talk about maybe the Raiders would be one of the teams that would would spend on him or whoever it might be. He's he's a difference maker kind of player. Do he's, they ever hit on free agents though? No, like they honestly, don't. no, they never, no. You go no, to the Raiders no. and something bad's yeah. going to happen. Right. Look, and it, we're saying this as fans of another team that never hits on free right, agents. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So that's why we know. Yeah, that's how we know because we know there are certain franchises that are really lousy at free agency, and most teams, by the way. And there's data to back this up. It'll be out in a few weeks when we're about to start free agency, which is most free agent deals do not live up to the hype. Right. Rarely. I mean, Jacksonville's right. been one of the worst offenders of, of, of doing a bad job, overspending in free agency on players. Uh, you overspend for guys that aren't pro bowlers. You pay them like pro bowlers in a lot of cases, or all pros, however you want to look at it, and because the market gets out of control. So, yes, I would agree with that. I think the money thing's – a potential issue. Obviously, health is a huge thing. Although, again, you know, the only Super Bowl they lost with with Mahomes was the one where their offensive line was just decimated. But those two tackles are not good. No. <laughs> they just won no. a Super Bowl with a good interior offensive line. And, you know, again, scheme and a quarterback who understood where, where the heat was coming from and figured out how to step up in the pocket and avoid – uh, you know the two the two rush ends uh, on multiple occasions. I mean, he was under a lot of duress. We talked about the the duress numbers for Mahomes was the, the highest ever of a winning quarterback in terms of pressure numbers yesterday. I mean, think about ridiculous. this for a second. Or Sunday, excuse me. That those tackles are so bad. Chase Young got a sack. <laughs> so bad that that they got rid of Wiley, who's also terrible. That's a good point. Wiley's no, that's horrible. A good point. Yeah. He's horrible yeah. as a tackle. He's really a guard, probably. Anyway, because, I mean, that's the pattern of Washington. But the good thing is they have a new <laughs> offensive line coach who only gave up 85 sacks this year with the Giants. That's going to coach him up. Anyway, 757 687 And I And I do think the hunger of the rest of the league eventually kicks up, you know, catches up to you, right? I mean, that, that eventually catches up to you, the rest of the league. And they – the, the – uh, the Chiefs will have also played what almost is like another a third of an extra season by the time we kick off next year, yep. more so than the other teams. I mean, the 49ers played a lot of football, too. It was one game shy of the same thing. But, I mean, the, you know, the Chiefs, especially as a wild card team this year, not as the one seed playing in that extra round in that freezing, you know, below 30-degree uh, mark or whatever the heck it was in that crazy game against the Dolphins. So 
that also, I think, starts to, to wear on you a little bit. And uh, all that being said, you know, late in that football game, they appeared to be the fresher team, which was incredible. They appeared to be the fresher, the fresher group. Uh, when it was all said and done. Uh, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494, if you want to hit us up. Ballyhoo's phone line or the text line as well. I uh, can hit us up there. But but the three-peat thing is is not easy, uh, needless to say, because we've never seen it done. But again, this guy is so young. It would be disappointing and shocking, frankly, if they're not at least over the next 10 years in multiple Super Bowls, right? I mean, I, I kind of feel – I felt that way about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers way back when, and they never got back. They never got back. Really never got close. Yeah, no. Never really got as close as they should have uh, to another Super Bowl. But this – it would be shocking if Mahomes isn't in several more Super Bowls. I mean, the numbers about with him versus Tom Brady at this point in Tom Brady's career are not fair. Uh, <laughs> they're really not fair. I mean, he's – so much further ahead of him in so many places, and it's not surprising to me because if you remember, if you if you remember the early part of Tom Brady's career, and we discussed this last week, uh, when we were talking Super Bowls. You know, he was the game manager quarterback. He wasn't the the focal point of their offense. It wasn't the focal point of their football team. You know, I mean, they they leaned in on big defense. You know, they ran the ball. Their kicker was big. Not to say he didn't have a really important drive in that Super Bowl to get in range for Vinatieri, but. He was not the focal point of the offense like he was later as that team morphed into, you know, like a spread, you know, sp- you know, high flying offense. But I'll get you those uh, numbers here in a little bit. It's it's pretty wild. I was I had forgotten. I hadn't forgotten, but I had um, I was surprised at how wide some of the things were. But then it makes sense. But it's all through the first 96 games of their career. And it's, you know, what you would think it is. I mean, Mahomes has got more wins, you know, completion percentage, passing yards, Passed an attempt, um, you know, TDs by a lot, interceptions are a lot fewer, ratings way higher than Brady's was. Obviously, he was much more of a runner uh, than Tom Brady would ever be, so that's not really shocking. And they've got the same amount of championships at this point as well. But Mahomes has got six more, you know, three more Pro Bowls, two more All Pros, uh, two more MVPs, uh, off AP Player of the Year, uh, three Super Bowl MVPs as well. I mean, it's it's bonkers. Uh, to see him put up against a guy who a lot of us have called the goat of his era, at least, in one Tom Brady. But the numbers from Mahomes, and you can check them out um, on the X at Jackson Sports. I had uh, reposted this. I can't say retweeted anymore. I mean, I can, but I think it's illegal. But I'd do it anyway. I reposted this earlier, and it just shows you how much further ahead Mahomes is in so many categories. It's crazy. Through the exact same amount of games through the exact same amount of games through his career at this point. Well, here's the other problem. Andy Reid's going to be 66 right. in next month. Sure. Is Andy Reid going to be around for, for five more, six more? That's that, a good point, too. That could too. be a factor. No, that's a good one. That, that's a very valid point. Like, that could be a big a big deterrent, too, as much as free agency. Now, he's going to be back next year. We do know that much, right? Yes. But as he said, he'll know when it hits him. He'll know when it hits him. That it's time. He said everybody's told him that he's going to know that when it when the time comes, and uh, you know we'll find out if he's, if that's true or not. And that's why you know really right now. I mean I don't know. I guess that's where maybe that's Spag's play, right? Maybe that's what he wants could to be, do. Could be. Could be. Not you know? a bad play. No, maybe that is his play. Like why go anywhere else? I'm not going to do go take a crap job like I did last time. I'm going to make sure I'm in a good place. All right. Uh, via the uh, t- via the uh, Twitter uh, at. Uh, 
Jackson Sports or at ESPN Radio 941. The poll question is, do you think the Chiefs will 3 P? Just 20% of you that have voted so far, uh, 47 or 45.7 say no 3 P. And then 31.4 of you are 50-50 on the 3 P. And then there's the other Brian and Chesapeake says, huge scandal rocks NFL and they cancel the season. But if they cancel the season, they come back in, in 2025 and they win it. That's still a three. Still a three peat yeah. if there was no season. Right. So there's still that. All right. Seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. You can hit us up uh via the text line or the Ballyhoo's phone line. And again, the poll question will be up for for many more hours. So have at it. It's only been up for an hour. Uh at Jackson Sports and then again at ESPN Radio nine four one. All right. Big numbers um to get to from the Super Bowl, also some big numbers being thrown around in the new college football playoff uh, contract as well. We'll uh, deal with that coming up later this hour. It's the Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King, Law James Witham, Scott, your sports center. All right, so the uh, Super Bowl generated what they're calling an average of $123.4 million in the U.S., making it the most watched broadcast since the moon landing in 1969. That's a long time ago. I felt like the Super Bowls just beat each other every year. I always thought it was like the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, then the next year's Super Bowl, the Super Bowl after that. I thought it was always like the Super Bowl just knocking itself out. It's because it's just, that's been the trend lately. The, the, the Super Bowl is just always the most watched program of the year anyway. Yeah. We're just so used to being the most watched program of the year that you kind of forget there was, well, there was other stuff as well. And it's always like the, of the top twenty ish. It's always like NFL games too, right? Like they're like just the highest rated things. I think there it was are. like ninety three out of a hundred broadcasts oh. were were either college or NFL games. It's nuts. And uh, the network's previous high mark for a Super Bowl for CBS was one hundred and twelve point three four million. This was not even a great Super Bowl, the 2016 Broncos against the Panthers. But again, the, the power of Peyton Manning, right? Yeah. Because that was kind of his last stand. God, was he hard to watch his last. Oof. Remember, he had one, I mean, that one throw to Demarius Thomas was yep. great. But God, he was terrible. I mean, his, his arm was shot, man. You want to talk about a great defense, though. That well, year, defense, the Broncos well, that was defense the Von was Miller, ridiculous. Man, that, that was the Von Miller Super Bowl. And, of course, the Cam Newton's not going to fall in the fumble Super Bowl. Which, like, <laughs> dude, really? That was yeah, That was yeah. when Cam Newton turned heel. Beginning of the end. Really was. Then the next year, um, in that game where he was getting hit late the entire night and the NFL didn't do anything about it. And, of course, uh, good old Riverboat Ron put him back in the game with a concussion, clearly. Yeah. And dude was never the same after that. I mean, he was just body was starting to break down he gets, he took some beatings man just because he was a big guy like it was kind of like watching Shaquille O'Neal play and people just hacking the crap out of him They're like hey he's bigger he can handle it he's like no you got to treat him like the other quarterbacks doesn't 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 work that way uh seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four seven five seven six eight seven um ninety four ninety four one of our Raiders fans says they had a solid free agents this year Jacoby Myers Robert Spillane and Marcus Epps, but those I'm, I'm talking about like the big dollar we're spending. Like Jimmy G was a was a free agent, right? Like that was a yep. free agent mistake. Um, Devontae Adams the previous season was big, but he was a trade that was not a. And by the way, I would also argue that was not a good trade. No, wasn't I mean, a good what trade. What have you gotten out of it? I mean, you've, you haven't won anything with Devontae Adams as receiver. I mean, it's it's also like the Dolphins. I mean, and I don't talk about this later. I mean, hello, the team that just won the Super Bowl, they're not overspending on wide receivers. Mm-mm. I mean, overspending on wide receivers gets you nowhere. Gets you nowhere. The Eagles might have been the exception to the rule until this year with A.J. Brown. 
I mean, I thought like, okay, that was the finishing piece, but then you hear all this crazy talk about, you know, AJ Brown might maybe got, maybe they would deal him. I mean, I think that's nuts, but that's, you know, again, they, but the, the Eagles had the draft capital to do it. I, I just think you gave up way too much for a receiver. And again, he was supposed to be there for his buddy, his college buddy, <laughs> and you ran his butt out of town. That worked out real well. <laughs> Which is weird, right? I mean, this is weird. Very weird to me. Anyway, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think the jury's out on whether or not the Devontae Adams thing is a, is a hit or, or not. Because, again, there was a lot given up in order to get him. Plus, so, with all due respect to Raiders fans, having a decent free agency yeah. for one year is not sustained success. And, again, I know what crappy free agency looks like. I've seen it yes, my entire exactly. life uh, with the franchise I care about. So they're the worst at it. I mean, yeah. usually, and again, it's yeah, they've had good free agents, but the ones they spend on never seem to fit properly, which is always astonishing to me. Like It's, it's almost like nobody did their homework. Yeah, and I say this like you said, as somebody who's seen this many, time. many years yeah. in Washington. All the time. You're just the AFC version of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's just some teams, and again, the Jags are really usually lousy at it. They've had some hits. Um, you know, they've had some hits, but they've also had a ton of misses, too. I mean, mm-hmm. teams that overspend on free agency usually do not win. Yeah, That's because period. think, think about doesn't it. Work. What was the last free agent hit in Washington? Like really hit, like big money hit, like London Fletcher maybe. I think that's I that's think probably because that's you can't say Kendall Fuller just because he was the best corner. Well, yeah, Kendall's fine, um, that, but that wasn't a ton of money, you know what I mean? And I wouldn't even like they did well a few years ago. Rivera's first season with uh, with the low level guys, McKissick, Logan Thomas, right? Uh, but then you know William Jackson, complete disaster, uh-huh. awful signing, didn't fit at all, was out within two years. I mean, those are the things that they they you know that were just crippling, right? Yeah, it, it is London Fletcher to me. I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, it's a long that's a long list, and of course, there's you know so many terrible ones uh, prior to that as well. And it, when you get players that are over 30 and you're overspending on them, it's just so bad. Oh yeah, just especially so bad. receivers too. Yeah. Don't even get me started on that yeah. one too. Ah, yeah, some really terrible ones. Absolutely terrible ones. Seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Somebody asking me about. Uh, Mike Evans being a free agent. Yes, Mike Evans will be a free agent unless, of course, they get a deal done. They could tag him, but they also have to worry about Baker Mayfield. I don't think they can afford to tag him. Not really. I mean, who are they going to get better than him, right? Exactly. <laughs> but he, he seems like the kind of guy that would want to stay, though. That's yeah. the other thing. Yeah. Maybe. Um, 757 says, watch for Terry McLaurin getting traded to the Colts this offseason. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think that was happening. Now, and, and what's the motivation to do that deal? Because what are you really going to get? I mean, the Colts want to take – I mean, he's going to have a bigger contract too. Yeah. I mean, I listen, you could finish in last place <laughs> with a lot of people. And I mean, I, know dis- I like McLaurin, but I, I mean, I'm not married to anybody uh-huh. on that team, to be honest with you. But that's interesting. So it's a, you know, that's his hometown. I, I get the whole <clears> – <throat> conspiracy theory there but why would the Colts do that to themselves I don't, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense and they overachieved this year yeah that doesn't so that doesn't really fit. I don't know how that upgrades them significantly yeah I don't think he's a put you over the top wide receiver either and does he fit in that scheme if you're if if the idea is you're bringing Anthony Richardson back and that seems to be the idea that's why you sure. sat him up for the season in the first place if he's going to be your guy next year does he fit 
in a scheme that they're going to run with him. I don't know that he's that kind yeah. of receiver. Um, seven five seven on the text line. Three peat possible, but no, not going to guess until we have results from the draft, free agency, and retirements. Mahomes is James Bond. Never say die. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Retirements. It's interesting. So he's he's alluding to some retirements there. I got all these Hainsworth people joking me. Stop uh-huh. it. Stop, it. Uh-huh. Stop the Hainsworth stuff. We're, we're not going there. Yeah. Keep Albert Hainsworth's name out of your mouth, Brian. Yeah, I, please. <laughs> oh, terrible. And there it is. It, by the way, there was the two, the, the Y2K um, skins were really awful, too. Yeah, you know what? There's your What's Your Rank Wednesday on th- uh, the day of the, um, the, well, that'll be the day of free agency. Oh, yeah. I think we just keep it to Washington, like the worst Washington free agent signings. You could easily do we that. We could do. T- you could go twenty deep. Easy. Um, I-, I would say fifteen to twenty deep. Maybe twenty is too far. You could go five from one season. Yeah, that's. How I mean, bad Adam Archuleta is. is highly underrated. I mean, you got to be a fan to understand that one. They made him the highest paid safety in the NFL uh, by year. Uh, by the end of the year, he was the personal protector on the punt team. It wasn't playing in the defense. I have Troy Apke level anger for Adam Archuleta. Yeah, he was horrible. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah, there was like no studying involved with any of that stuff. I mean, again, it was like zero free agency. I mean, you could put Josh Norman in there, too. You could put you could put Josh Norman in there. I would put Josh Norman in there. Um, as well. Man. It was like free agency. Dion was terrible. I mean, Dion, Dion was washed when he got there. Had one punt return that was worth a dang. He, I remember one game they played the Lions. The Lions were throwing at him every down. Yep. They were just picking on Dion. Now, what was really annoying was he left football for a couple of years and then showed back up and, and, and was on the Ravens and was good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like the nickelback at that point. But, yeah, he was washed. Mark Carrier. I mean, it was just you know, so many bad ones. It was an awful trunk candidate. The oh. Jetskins. The Jetskins players. John Hall. Um, Randy Thomas, all these other guys. Oh, it was so bad. Randy Thomas at least was okay. Coles. Coles, that oh. was a bad one. But they did at least flip that into Santana Moss. Yeah, they made good on that. They did that. At least they figured that part of it. Anyway, 757-687-9494. 757-687-9494. All right, college football playoffs. Um, they're going to be bigger, obviously, going forward. If that means it's going to cost more. Uh, we'll get to the numbers on that coming up next, and let's just let me just go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. This isn't going to slow down players wanting more of the action. We'll get to it. Scott Jackson, show Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, welcome back, Scott Jackson, show Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. We are again brought to you by Larry King Law. Man, people are going crazy on the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the text line on this bad free agent list stuff. This is funny as heck. Oh, man. I got Commanders fans slash Redskins fans telling me to stop it. Um, Trunk candidate beat Tom Brady his rookie year. The Patriots didn't lose another game that year until they put the Rams in the Super Bowl. There you go. Oh, man. That's funny. That was a Spurrier. Uh, you're talking about the Spurrier team, yeah? Beat Tom Brady that one season. That was so funny. And he'll dine out on it forever. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't Brady's rookie year, though. That was not his rookie year. That yeah, wasn't been, that year two? That would have been year two because, yeah, yeah, they went to the Super Bowl, as you said. He didn't play in the Super Bowl's rookie season. Um, Stubblefield has to be the worst. And I think, but I think, was Stubblefield a trade? I think Stubblefield was a trade. 
I want to say because Dan Wilkinson uh, yeah, was, I think a, he was a trade. Dan Wilkinson was a, um, or maybe Stubblefield was a was. Did they give up? No, maybe Stubblefield was a franchise tag guy that they did it. But anyway, him and Wilkinson they gave up a lot for, and they both they were never that good. Big Daddy and him. Yeah, I got to look at that. But that was 80, 98, 98, I want to say. At least Dan Wilkinson um, was decent, though. No, he was an unrestricted free agent when they signed him. Yeah, okay. Um, Why do I feel like they gave up like a third or a fourth? For, and that no, must have been somebody else. They didn't. No, maybe it was else. Big Daddy they gave up the stock for. Um, Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson. So he was the all he was the NFL's defensive player of the year in 97 with the 49ers. 15 sacks. 98. He comes to Washington. Let me let you guess on whether or not you think he was ever um, an all-defensive player at that point. No. No, of course not. Was never good again. Not even a pro bowler. Never a pro bowl after that. So, yes, not such a not such a smart move. Shocker. But there was a lot of them um, back in the day. Wasn't Stubby part of the Balco thing, too? He got caught up in Balco, I want to say. That wouldn't surprise me. I yeah. don't remember that, but that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, after Washington, that came out. Because um, clearly was not on it. With the with the Redskins, and there's no <laughs> yeah, performance that's, enhancing that's very, drugs in his Redskins days. I mean, nobody's going to accuse him of being anybody who saw him play for the Redskins knows he was not on performance enhancing no. drugs. And quite no. the opposite. I mean, if there was something that you would take to make you worse, okay, that's what he was on at that point. So, yes, the the, the um, let's see, I'm trying to see here the the Redskins. How did they get Big Daddy Wilkinson? That was in '90. Also, the same offseason, obviously '98. I feel like we could do we could do this four is four really hours sad. just on memory this. lane, just crappy, uh, crappily run organizations. And this, by the way, is prior to the Danny uh, taking over. So, uh huh. No, maybe we should have Charlie Cashley on the, to relive all this stuff. <laughs> 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 hey, Charlie, do you want to relive all these crappy things that happened in your franchise? No, uh, I like Charlie too much to do that to him, but. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, the, okay. So the Bengals placed the franchise tag on him during the offseason. Um, then they did trade him. Okay, they did trade him. They traded him to the Redskins that year. Okay, that's what I thought. I, I didn't think he was straight free. Agent. I knew it was one of one them. of the guys. Yeah. One of those two guys I knew was a, um, in fact, a free agent and not a not a not a not a free agent, but a trade. I'm sorry. All right, so there you go. Okay, so let's get to the monies here. The monies, uh, college football playoff money. Uh, as they expand this thing to uh, next level next year, we're going to have these new playoffs, and we're going to have football, you know, nonstop football for months at a time, right, next year. So they're talking about um, some serious cash with college football's new thing. They're talking about $8.6 billion. Uh, but I do find – got to find the, the actual release that I read. It was so funny the way it's worded. So it's, a, so it's just under $8 billion. ESPN and college football playoff are in agreement to a six-year, $7.8 billion extension pending pending college football playoff resolving all of its outstanding issues. <laughs> all of its outstanding issues. That's a lot, by the way. And there's a lot of things to, you know, to deal with here still. The full contract is, again, until they figure out the implosion of the Big 12, the management committee and board of managers have meetings scheduled for next week, to work through the complicated process of settling their outstanding issues. ESPN deal will not be ratified until they get past that. ESPN has two years remaining on a current deal, which carries an average of payment of $608 million per year. It includes a college football semifinal and championship game, plus the four New Year's Six Bowl games. The six-year extension will cost $1.3 billion per year, 
uh, the price at which an ESPN news story previously reported the network was discussing with the new college football playoffs. Over the two years of its current agreement, ESPN holds a right to set um, a first-round set of games, a new set of first-round games held on campuses in addition to the quarterfinals, semifinals, and championship games. It's not known what the fee of the first-round games will be for the next two seasons. The quarterfinals will be played um, at the current six New Year's Six Bowls, uh, whose rights were already owned by ESPN. Over the course of the contract, ESPN will have the ability to sub-license games uh, to other networks or digital player uh, could be uh, in play. Yeah, for this Uh-oh. thing. Yeah. Yep. But it's all controlled by ESPN at this point, which is interesting. Uh, ESPN deal would give them control over nearly all the Division One college sports championship games outside of the men's basketball tournament, which, of course, is televised on CBS, TNT, and all those other goofy channels. They True own. TV. True TV, which is my favorite. Start looking for that now. I know. You gotta, just got to learn it now so you know later. Anyhow, so that's, that is the new money that will be in here. But I like how they say they got to get past their current issues, right? Well, they you got, got some, two years to figure it out. They got, some, they got some current issues, all right. I mean, they got some current issues. The Pac-2. The Pac-2 will not be involved in this championship game. <laughs> Sorry, Washington State uh, and Oregon State. You guys don't get to be in the championship Until games. they sue for that. Right. Until they try to set all this stuff. So, yeah, the, the, the Pac-2 is so funny. 757 uh, 687-9494. If you want to hit us up via the text line or the uh, Ballyhoo's phone line. All right, at four o'clock in football at four, we'll get to this. We try to get. We're going to investigate this weird Hassan Reddick story, and we were, we were talking wide receivers earlier. I want to. I want to go through. You know how we say the NFL is a copycat league. You know, like so, what are oh, the Chiefs yeah. doing? Like you, you cannot replicate Pat Mahomes, right? Like you, you're not going to be able to replicate him. Um, but the question is. Can you follow some of the other things the Chiefs have done so well, um, you know, as far as the building of this football team? And I think one area that's very interesting is the receiver situation where they moved on from Tyreek Hill. And we were talking about earlier with the Raiders and some of these other things. Are you really better off spending big at wide receiver or maybe, you know, using that money elsewhere and just, you know, develop a receiving core? Because there's another pretty successful franchise that did that over the years as well. So we'll uh, we'll dive into that here in a little bit. All right, via the uh, text line, 804 says, um, Brandon Lloyd and Dana Stubblefield, two of the worst. Patrick oh. Queen is what we need a linebacker. That's Lee in Warsaw. Yeah, Brandon Lloyd. Brandon I'd Lloyd's another good about horrible. that one. And then remember, he went to the Bears and was good. Oh. Yeah. That's, that one was painful. Yeah. He was a guy, again, Vinny loved to overspend, um, but he really liked it when it was a guy that he knew in San Francisco. Trent Richardson, um, Colts, Colts fan. I'm not sure what that's from. I think he's trying to lump Trent Richardson into this conversation. Okay, I got you. All right, I'm not sure why. Okay. (laughs) I mean, he's right, but. All right. um, What was the number on Trent Richardson? I don't think, I don't remember being Uh, that. Was it that high? Was it that high? I don't know. Maybe it was. Yeah, um, our guy Jimmy is very excited because their quality control coach Joe, uh, Chiefs gave defensive line coach Joe Cullen a contract extension prior to the Super Bowl. He had multiple teams, college and pro, uh, looking at him. They were crying about him for a defensive coordinator spot, so he's sticking around. Interesting. Maybe there's a succession plan in, in place with Spags, right? Feels like it, doesn't maybe, it? Maybe. There's, it's, this feels very Gerard Mayo-esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, 
All right, 757-687-9494, Yeah, thank you for telling talking 804 off the ladder, <laughs> or 757, I mean. Yeah, I um, had to do it. Somebody else has said Stubblefield has to be the worst. Uh, draft a big body, a plus 220-pound sub for, for running back. It's the easiest thing to copy. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. There's been a lot of good rookie receivers here recently that have made impacts as well. That's a very deep position uh, in drafts these days. All right, well, coming up, we'll get to what's going on with Philadelphia and Hassan Reddick, uh, apparently on his way out of the Eagles situation. But was it his doing or somebody else's? We'll get to that next year. Scott Jackson, your priority on Sports Radio. 94.1, we are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident? Call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. James Withams, Get your Sports Center.